God is good. So uh, I think Jim or Pat was saying that on Monday night. Uh, so we had we had a, a meeting here. Our elders' uh, leadership had a meeting in the in the foyer out there. We were leaving, and it was starting to sprinkle a little bit. And by the time I got home out in El Dorado, uh, Nina called me. and She said, "Man, you've got to do something. You got to get here. Uh, you know that it's flooding." And uh, I don't know if you noticed in the, the back, these back doors back here, there's about, I don't know, eight inches of uh, wood at the base of the door, and then there's a window pane. And Nina said that the water was all the way above the eight inches of wood and up into the window pane. And so, uh, yeah, the water was coming in. And what was that song that we were singing, you know, flood this place on Sunday? Okay, we got to be careful with our words, all right? And when we start praying for rain, one of the things the Lord showed me is like, you got to be specific, you know. I mean, I think we got like half of our annual rainfall like in about 30 minutes the other night. It was crazy. It was crazy. But you know what, man, we're grateful. We asked for rain and we got it. God is good. God is good. So this morning, guys, I want to just share with you, uh, we've been uh, listening to this uh, Chris Hodges uh, series uh, on the Holy Spirit, and I found something else that just really spoke to me as well I want to share with you. Um, on generosity, and I was just, I was thinking about this just as uh, Jim was taking up the, uh, you know, taking up that, uh, the offering or passing out those farms for the, you know, for the girls. So uh, just how many of those, uh, you know, that we took up? Probably, you know, 10 or 12. I don't know how many you had, Jim, but... Uh, do you know how many forms you had? How many? Fifteen. Wow. Um, all right, my, my computer's locked up here, and this is going to be really difficult <laughs> if this thing doesn't come on. I'll tell you what. Why don't you just take a moment, go to somebody you don't know, and say hello while I work on this. All right? All right, if you guys can find your way back. Is 
So as I was saying, you know, I'm just so grateful. You know, this, I mean, this church is a, it absolutely is a giving church. There's such a giving spirit, a gener generous spirit in this church. And that's actually what I'm talking about this morning. I want to just share with you about giving. Giving, giving, giving. Here we go. So um, thank you, Jordan, Sound Booth. We can do this without missing a beat. I see Ted Cousins walking in back there. Ted told me that the other day, he said, I notice when the Dallas Cowboys play, your sermons are about 25 to 30 minutes long. And then any other time, they're like 40 minutes long. I'm like, really? I don't think so. Dallas Cowboys aren't playing today, but uh, <laughs> they're, get, they're getting ready to. All right, guys, so I, I want to just be sharing uh, um, about generosity, and I'm going to start in the, uh, I mean, so many, so many beautiful examples in the Bible about generosity, and you know, it's easy for you and I to give out of our abundance, but sometimes it's a struggle, you know, when we don't have a whole lot. So I want to use this example here of uh, Elijah, and uh, the background uh, here is that Elijah has been living, God has called this one of the great, one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament, and God had called him to call for a famine on the earth, uh, three and a half years of no rain, no rain at all. And you know, I mean, we saw how, what New Mexico was like with just a few months of not having rain. We kind of went through our own drought. By the way, is, are we out of the drought now with all of that rain? That's I, I, my only question. You know, I mean, three and a half inches of rain in one 30-minute spell, and we're still not out of the drought. Okay, well, let's be careful how we pray for the future getting out of the drought. So anyway, uh, so three and a half years, no rain. And you can just imagine the whole world at that time was just like, I mean, it's a dust bowl. And so, uh, but God uh, told Elijah that he was going to provide for him. He sent him down by, by this brook. And he said that uh, this brook would provide the water for him. And he would have the ravens bring him food every day, from, probably from the king's table, and bringing the food. And then all of a sudden, great life lesson here, that the brook dried up, and it was just time for change. It was time for uh, a change in, in, um, in Elijah's life. And so this is where we pick up the story here. It says, the Lord said to Elijah, uh, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Zidon, and I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Now, Elijah's got to be thinking, you know what, man, I've been eating this bird food for the last couple of, you know, who knows how long, couple of years, drinking just, you know, meager food, eating meager, meager food, and, and drinking, you know, just a little bit of the spring. But God has got this rich widow. I mean, she's probably got a feast at her table. I mean, it's enough of this. But it says that when he goes to Zarephath, he arrives in the village, and he saw a widow gathering sticks and asked her, would you please bring me a little cup of water? And she says, here's this rich widow, um, he says to her, bring me a bite of bread too. And she says, I swear by the Lord your God, I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. It's like, what? God, did you make a mistake? Is this the right widow? Am I, am I in the right place, the right, right town? He says, uh, she says, I swear I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. The only thing I have is a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. And I was just getting ready to gather a few sticks to cook this last meal, the last 
the real Last Supper, uh, and then my son and I will die. Wow, man, what a positive outlook. All right, so, and it says, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. All right, here comes the word of God. All right, when, when things are looking really bleak in your life, and things are looking just like, you know, uh, I was thinking about this the other day, the sounds of silence, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, some of you guys will remember this song, but the first verse starts out like this. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to speak with you again. See, I tell you what, man, that place is real. That, that's a real place. It's a real dark, dark place that sometimes you and I have a tendency to get to. And in Psalm 27, David was in that place. He was in that place of darkness where everything was against him. And maybe you're feeling like that today where everything is against you. I mean, it could be health, it could be finances, it can be relationships and marriages and children aren't, you know, living their lives the way that you want them to. And I mean, just your whole world is upside down. But just like this little woman right here, and Elijah, if you would just hear the word of the Lord, uh, he says to her, don't be afraid, don't give up. He says, go ahead and do what you said you were going to do. Make a little bread for me first, and then use what you have left to prepare a meal for your, yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord says. God says to you, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. In times of trouble, I'm going to be there. Um, many are the affliction of the righteous, but God will del deliver him out of them all. God's ear is attentive to the cry of the righteous. He hears your cry. He's going to move on your behalf. He hasn't forgotten you. And while you may feel like you're there all by yourself, because that's exactly what Elijah felt like. He said that I'm by myself. Everybody else has abandoned you. And God said, oh, no, that's not true. I've got 7,000 people just like you running around here. They're loving me. They're serving me. But Elijah says, this is what the Lord says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your container until the time that the Lord sends rain and crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat uh, the bread and the oil for many days. There was always, always enough flour and oil left in the container, just as the Lord promised through Elijah. I want to just tell you that God is not slack. We talked about this just a couple of weeks ago about the promises of God. And the Bible says right here, and Scripture says throughout, that God is not slack concerning His promises. His yeses are yes and amen throughout the Scripture. All of His promises are true. Isaiah said it. Moses said it. Joshua said it. Have any of His promises failed? The answer was no. And so, listen to this. You know, I mean, here is this, this little widow woman. And, um, you know, she, under normal circumstances, you and I probably would have thought the same thing. Maybe she was thinking, you know what, I mean, there's no point in stretching this out. If I'm going to die, you know, after this meal, all, all I'm doing is just increasing, you know, uh, or uh, hurrying up the time of my death. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to die, whether it's, you know, two hours after this meal, three days after this meal, or a week after this meal. This is the last meal I have. I have no, no hope, no future, and uh, you know, why not share it? She didn't know. She didn't understand what Elijah was going to do, but she did as the prophet said. She believed in the Word of God. And so she was willing. She was generous with what little she had. 
You know, it's easy for us, as I said earlier, it's easier for us to be generous with our abundance. When we have a lot, it's easy for us to be generous with that. But when we have just a little, like this woman right here, her generosity just stands out and it shines. Like other generous people in the Bible, we'll talk about in just a moment. Here's some quotes. It says, we make a living. This is Winston Churchill. We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. And Mother Teresa said, a life not lived for others is not a life. And there's something. There is a joy. There's a, the scientists have determined that when you give, there's something. There's some chemicals that are released in your mind that brings happiness to you. Uh, you know, it's just amazing that when you give, that's why the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. Um, listen to this from Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. The world of the generous, listen, gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. So if you want your world to get larger, become a more generous person. I'm going to talk about four characteristics of a generous person. Generous people are happy people. Uh, from Proverbs, all of this is, all of these are from these scripture verses, or most of them are from Proverbs. He said, the generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. That's in Proverbs 11.25. Generous will prosper. What that means, it doesn't necessarily mean prosperity. It means that they will be thrust forward. If you're in a place, you feel like you're stuck, God's saying when you give and you give and you're a generous person, you know God will move you forward. He will thrust you forward, get you out of the place that you've been in. So um, next scripture is out of Proverbs 21. It says some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Each of you must decide in your heart how much you want to give, and then you will know, or uh, then you will, and don't give, uh, and don't give reluctantly uh, or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who is cheerful. Why? Why does God love a cheerful uh, giver? Because the scripture says that for God so loved the world that he gave. And you are never, ever more like God than when you give. Because your giving is motivated by love. For God so loved the world. He loved the world and he gave. When you give, your, your motivation is given because of love, because of what God has done in your life. Because he's given you so much, you delight in giving back to him. And then the, verse 8 says, And God will generously provide all that you need. And you will always have, listen to this, everything that you need and plenty left over to share with others. I love that. You will always have, because of your generosity, God's saying that you will always have everything that you need and plenty left over to share with others. That's why God gives you an abundance. We don't just go from hand to mouth, hand to mouth. God gives us an abundance so that we can have extra left over to share with others. And then he goes on to say in, um, in verse uh, 10 and 11, it says, for God is the one who provides seed for the uh, farmer and bread to eat. In the same way, he provides and increases your resources uh, and then produces a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. This is the work of God within us. 
And this comes, you know, as uh, uh, Jim had mentioned or uh, Lucille had mentioned earlier about the Holy Spirit. The Holy, when the Holy Spirit begins to work in our lives, the Bible says that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love and joy and peace and gentleness and goodness and meekness and temperance and faithfulness and self-control. All of these things. So God, he's not just talking about the prosperity in the financial sense, although that's true as well. He's talking about all of these things that we need, our, you know, this spiritual fruit in our life. God's saying that he'll give you more of that. If you find yourself, you know, lacking in one area, you can just say, say God, I want an increase in this fruit. I want an increase in the fruit in my life. Um, you know, and it, this, is, this is amazing how it works because... Um, God will provide the increase, and he will increase your, your resources so that you can be generous. This is how it is in God's economy. And, you know, for us, you know, we look at it on paper, and we think on paper it just isn't going to work. I've got, you know, I've got $1,000 worth of bills this week, and I've got $1,000 coming in, and I can't give, I can't give, I can't afford to give, I can't afford to tithe or give or help with the orphans or the widows or the children, you know, because I can see it in black and white and it just doesn't add up. But I want to just tell you that in God's economy, this is how it works. And I, 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 I'm telling you, I can testify to this. I don't know if I've, uh, recently if I told you this story, but uh, Lorenzo Delgado was, uh, he was one of the elders in our church many years ago. And uh, Lorenzo, back, um, you know, in the, I think in the early 70s, started a milk company, Creamland. Anybody remember Creamland? You know, the little trucks driving around. Well, Lorenzo and his partner started that business. And um, shortly after they started the business, uh, Lorenzo got saved. And then he finds himself into a, a lifelong relationship or partnership. He's a believer, but his partner is not a believer. And so uh, every, you know, Lorenzo is very con convicted by this passage of Scripture about tithing, giving 10% of what he has. And so he gives 10% of everything that he has, uh, you know, for this 20, 25 years partnership. Uh, his partner is never a believer, very, uh, you know, antagonistic against believers and giving and tithing and, you know, just doesn't want a part of that. Uh, not a believer at all. But at the end of the 25 years, when they both retire, they retire, they decide they're going to sell the company. Lorenzo, after giving 10% of what he had for 25 years, gave it away. At the end of that time, he owned his home, owned all of his vehicles, had a savings account saved up. At the end of the 25 years, for the unbeliever, his partner, his partner was flat broke. Didn't have a house, didn't own anything, had no assets at all. I mean, and that is the way that God works. I'm telling you, that is a testimony to God. He will do the same thing in your life that he's done in my life, that he did in Lorenzo's life, if you're faithful to do your part. Amen? All right. That's one of those Psalm 47 scriptures. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That's one of those times that you can do that. All right. That's our verse. That's our verse. We're going to repeat it. You guys are going to know that verse by the, you know, by the time I'm finished with you. Psalm 47, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of praise. All right, so let me give you an example of how this works. So in God's economy, things are just absolutely different. Just the way it works, I can't explain it to you. All I know is that Malachi says, test me. You've got to just try me. I mean, I can tell you all day long the stove is hot. 
you won't believe me until you touch it, okay? And uh, God is the same way. He says, test me and try me. He said, test me in this one area. The only place in the Bible that God says test me is in giving. He said, when you give it to me, when you give to me, this is in uh, Malachi, I think it's chapter 4. He says, when you give to me, he says, I will open up the windows of heaven. He says, and I will pour out a blessing upon you that you cannot contain. When you bring the tithe, that's what the tithe means. The word means one-tenth. And so, in, and it's just in the natural, you can't explain it. But in God's kingdom, in God's economy, things are different in God's economy. Let me give you another example of just how, how this was. You know, you've got all of the, all of the apostles. You've got, you know, Peter, James, and John. And, you know, you've got the, the, the main three right there. And you've got some, you know, the other apostles. But then the apostle Paul comes along. And the apostle Paul, you guys remember that when he was in, uh, uh, he was beaten, thrown into jail in, in, uh, the, in, in Philippi. And uh, he was beaten and and then, you know, the next day the authorities come and said, okay, you can go, you know, we've punished you enough. And he said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm not leaving this place. He said, I have rights. I, I'm a Roman citizen. And you beat me without a trial, without, you know, without me being able to give my testimony. And, you know, all, the other apostles wouldn't have been able to say that. I mean, they were all born in Israel. They were, you know, born in Jerusalem. But Paul was born a Roman citizen. And there was only three ways that you could get citizenship. One is that you could buy it. And you'll remember there was another occasion where one of the centurions uh, asked Paul, he says, are you indeed a Roman citizen? And he said, yes, I am. Uh, and uh, this man said, well, I paid a great deal of money to obtain my citizenship. And Paul said, yeah, I appreciate that, but I was born free. I was born free. So you could serve in the military. If you served in the military for 25 years, you could obtain citizenship. You could buy your citizenship, or you could be born free. It was just different. You got the same people living in the same place, but they're treated differently. They, you know, and, the, and the way that that government responded to them was different. I'm going to tell you the same is true in the kingdom of God. The Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust, but I want to tell you there's extra blessing on the people of God that are serving God. There's an extra measure of God's grace and God's mercy and God's, God's favor in your life. Amen? So right now, uh, I want to just, you know, how many of you guys have heard of this thing called Tips for Jesus? Anybody hear of this? Okay, all right. Man, you guys are out of the loop. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, there was a guy a, a couple of years ago that started this saying called Tips for Jesus. And it, it kind of caught on where you would go into a restaurant, and uh, here's a couple of examples. And in fact, I think I've got, I've got a PowerPoint on it right there. Look, look at this. Guy goes in, see at the top it says Tips for Jesus. He orders $244 or $265 worth of food, but he added a $1,000 tip to it. And it's called Tips for Jesus blowing waiters and waitresses away. Look at the next one. Guy goes in, orders $337, uh, $373 worth of food, but left a $3,000 tip. All right, I know some of you are thinking, I wish I was a waiter right now. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, t people have gotten on a $100 bar bill, $10,000 tip. 
tips for Jesus. And this thing is catching on, and people just want to be generous. And I, some, some reporter got a hold of this, and he says, well, it's not really about Jesus. Uh, it's just pe about people's generosity, really. And you, you sign it, tips for Jesus, and it's not about Jesus. Please, come on, come on. You know, give me a break here. All right, so, uh, so I'm going to encourage you. You know, I, we've got these little cards right here. And this says, join us at the light right here. So if you're a good tipper and you're going to a ra uh, restaurant, you can just leave one of these and, you know, just, you know, leave, your, leave a nice, generous tip. If you don't leave a generous tip, I've got some cards from the church down the street. You can pass those out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, you guys. Uh, so, all right, uh, second point is, second point, I want you to be a generous tipper, okay? I want you to be generous in everything you do. All right, the second, uh, second uh, mark here of a, a generous person is generous people are compassionate. It says, the righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. You know, have you ever been in that place? I'm going to show you a video in just a second, but, you know, you see somebody. I mean, it happened to me this morning, and you know, I saw somebody. I just thought, you know, that person is broken and hurt and lonely and, you know, just, man, needs some compassion. And, uh, you know, righteous people think about things like that. And listen to this right here from Proverbs chapter 21. If a man shuts his ear, this is a scary one for me right here. If a man shuts his ear to the cry of the poor, uh, he too will cry out and not be answered. I mean, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that one that's crying out and not answering because I neglected the cry of the poor. When we have an opportunity to do good, let us always take advantage of that. Let us always seize that moment, take advantage of the opportunity to do good. I want to show you, you guys ever hear of a coach named Bill Hart? Anybody know who Bill Hart is? Okay, man, you guys are learning a lot today, okay? Um, let's, let's show that video if you guys can cut the, cut the lights and then I'll come back and wrap this up. Shoulder taps. So Tony and I are having lunch at California Pizza Kitchen the other day and across from us I no noticed this elderly woman sit down. She's dressed nicely and she's at a large table by herself for about five minutes and then what appears to be her daughter shows up and I don't recall two or three grandkids and they all look spectacular uh, ready for a nice meal obviously and at about that time a voice in my head starts saying you need to go tell her how pretty she looks so I don't even know if we're eating at this point or not but the food arrives check arrives we're gonna go down the walkway a little bit in this strip center and look for something and um, that's the next thing that we're gonna move to so so Tony stands up I don't tell her any of this um, and on my way out I just kneel down and kind of get into this position where I'm at her level that right where she's now in her in her chair and I said uh, hey if nobody else has told you yet today um, I just want you to hear from me how lovely you are and she looks at me with a look I've never seen before and says, I know you. And I said, no, you, we, we don't know each other. And she said, I know your spirit. And it gets really quiet between us. And she says, my husband died a year ago. And that's something he would have said to me. And at that moment, I can't talk. 
I can't talk. I'm overcome by emotion. And I just hug her and smile at her through tears. And I leave. But here's what I know, and here's the reason I'm telling you this. I believe that God taps us on the shoulders and uses us at just the right moment. And what I know for sure is that she was blessed and I was enormously blessed. So I've learned in my life to listen to these shoulder taps because they do happen. And I believe the more that we listen to them, the more in alignment we are with God. And that's an awesome place to be. Shoulder taps. All right, that was good, right? Yeah, so let's just be sensitive. You know, I mean, he was talking about how he was blessed and how she was blessed. And so, uh, you know, generous people are compassionate people. Um, and the third point is that, that generous people are blessed people. Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. And then whosoever gives to the poor will lack nothing. But those who close their eyes to poverty will be cursed. The Bible says that the fourth point, generous people are rewarded. If you, are help, if you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. Proverbs chapter 19. You ever think about that? I mean, you think about God repaying you for your generosity. Uh, he gives you, he'll give back to you, and sometimes with an increase. Let me just show you an example of that. You guys remember Joseph of Arimathea? What did he give to Jesus? He gave a tomb. He got it back in three days. All right, a few of you caught on. All right, but seriously, I mean, this was, he didn't know he was going to get it back. But, you know, they said that uh, for, um, for someone, a, a tomb like Joseph, it says Joseph was a very rich man, and that... Uh, for someone to make a tomb like he had might take a, a stone cutter. Uh, as, it, it might cost as much as a year's worth of wages to make that tomb. And, uh, and here's Joseph. I mean, he sees, you know, he, it says he was part of the Sanhedrin, part of the council, part of the 70-member council. He and Nicodemus, both part of the same council. And that, uh, you know, they both showed up uh, and, and begged for the body of Jesus from uh, Pilate, and Pilate was willing to give them the body. But, you know, they put their self, they put their life on the line. They put, you know, put it all on the line because it could have been, you know, curtains for them as well if he was aligning himself with Jesus and with this teaching of Jesus. So when you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. Now listen to this. I mean, Jesus talks about this, and he talks about giving. He says, you know, give and it shall be given to you, pressed down, you know, good measure shall be given to you, shaken down, overflowing. That's the way that God wants us to give. He says he'll give it back to you again. But then in Revelation, just kind of like the parting words, last words of Jesus, and he says, look, I'm coming soon and bringing my reward with me, and I will repay all people according to their deeds. Now, the Bible says that you and I, I think it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that you and I are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, not the great white throne judgment, but we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and we're going to give an account of our life, 
and uh, not, not, it's not about salvation, it's not about condemnation, but it's to receive the rewards. He says that I'm bringing my reward with me. That, the Greek war, word for reward there, I think I've got this on the screen, is apodidomai. It's a Greek word, and it means that simply that, do I have it on there? I don't have it on there. Okay, right, remember this, because this will be on the test next week, all right? All right, Psalm 47 is going to be on the test next week. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. All right, that's going to be on the test. But apodidomai, it is the Greek word, and it just simply means God is going to pay you back. And you may be saying, you know what, man, I don't want anything. I mean, that's the way that most of us are. You come with that kind of heart. God, I don't really want anything. I don't want you to pay me back. Or you've already given me enough. But God is saying, you know what? This is my party. I'm running it the way I want to run it. I'm going to pay you back for the sacrifices that you made. I'm giving you the rewards back, the apodidomai. I'm giving that back to you. Amen? All right. So... Finally, let me just, uh, I'm going to wrap this up right here. Um, in our light acronym, if you guys could put that up for me, please. So we have L-I-G-H-T, and uh, this, is, this is who we are here at the light. If you're new, this is what we stand for. Loving God, the L in light is for loving God. The greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. The I is for investing your time, your talent, and your treasure. The G is for going to the lost and the hurting. The H is for honoring one another. And the T is for teaching and training. This is what the Lord's asked us to do. But I want to focus on the I for just a moment. Investing. Investing your time. Giving generously of your time. Now, when we talk about giving, it's not just money. It's not just money. Money's important. But there are other things that you can give as well. You can give it your, your, your time and your talent and your treasure. And there's one more thing, as I was listening to uh, Chris Hodges this week, they actually use the same, uh, the same acronym or, or uh, the three items, uh, time and talent and treasure, but he's added one to it, which I think was really good. And he called touch, just reaching out to touch someone. And I want to encourage you to do that this week, that, you know, that each of us, you may say, well, man, I, you know, my time is short, I'm busy, I've got a busy schedule don't really have a lot of time, don't have a lot of money. But I tell you what, all of us have. I mean, all of us, you got, most everybody in the uh, room here today has a phone. And you can send somebody a text message. In fact, while I'm talking right now, God, some, God's bringing somebody to your mind, somebody that you need to say hello to, somebody that you need to say you love, somebody that you need to say that you, know, you, you miss, somebody that you just want to encourage. You can send them a little text message. All you have to do is just say, you know what? I was in church today and I was thinking about you. I hope things were well in your life. That's all you have to say. That's all you have to say. So I'm going to encourage you guys. If you want to just stand with me, we're going to wrap this up. The Bible says, we used the scripture last week, last scripture, 1 Peter chapter 4. Each of you have been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others. So use your gift well. So as, as you guys go out, I just want to encourage you, you know, this, this, I mean, this church is not, I don't want to compare us to other churches, but, you know, I just don't want us to come and have church on Sunday morning. 
If we're just living from Sunday, Sunday to Sunday, we're missing it, guys. You know, church really begins. And we come here and we worship. We study the Word together. We kind of get fired up, pumped up. And, but church really begins when you go out. Your ministry, your service begins when you go out. So I'm just praying that you would be stirred up enough and fired up enough that when you walk out, that you would take and, and share your life with somebody else. Because, man, we're living in a broken world. We're living in a hurting, a lost and hurting and dying world. And guys, you got the medicine. It'd be like, man, if you had the cure for cancer and you're holding it to yourself and you don't want to tell anybody that we have the cure for this spiritual disease called sin. And, and with sin comes shame and guilt and, and depression and darkness and gloom and all of these things. And man, we've got the light of the world that you know, we can shine into one another's life and we've got the living water and we've got the bread of heaven and we can share eternal life with one another. So when you go out, amen, amen. Shout unto God all you. All right, hang on just a second. Let me, let me wrap it up, man. I'm, I'm in the middle of this thing. I'm gonna roll. Mark says he wants to make an announcement. I'm gonna let him make an announcement. But let me say, guys, when you go out, man, I want you to just take, you know, just take this zeal, this passion of God and uh, I want you to just share it. And, and even, you know, I'm just, we're, we're, we're going to sing a song. These guys are going to lead us in kind of a closing song. And I'm just going to ask you, just sit down. Just sit down just for a moment. And I'll, you can sing from the seating position. But I want every one of you, you probably never heard me say this before. I want every one of you to get your phones out. And I want every one of you to send a text message right now. You're going to send a text message to somebody. I want you, we're, we're not leaving this place. I'm going to check your phone at the door. We are not leaving this place until you send a text message to somebody telling them how much you love them or care for them or how much you're thinking about them. All right? All right, where'd Mark go? All right, come on up here, Mark. Mark's going to share something quickly while you guys are texting. Hey, brothers and sisters. Uh, we're going to have a picnic next S Sunday. And... CR is sponsoring it, and the youth is sponsoring it. We're going to have a slide for the kids. We're going to have a jump house for the kids. We're going to have Mike Keller's hamburgers and hot dogs from Mike Keller's Meats in Albuquerque. It's going to be on. So like Ron said, we want to give back to the community. I want to encourage all of you to invite poor families, families that don't eat well, don't have fun, Come, bring them this Sunday, and it's going to be in uh, Back to School Bash. Come up, Jason, please. And the teens and I are uh, sponsoring it. They're going to have games. We'll have uh, games set up. I don't know what three games they're going to set up. But... Hey, you really put me on the spot right now. I don't know, basketball and volleyball, cornhole. We're going to have fun, guys. We're going to have a good time. It'll be more kind of event-based than it is a food-based. So we'll be in the back, we'll have a nice picnic, but this is all for the community. And like Ron said, we want to give back to this city. We want to give back to where we live. And this is a, a full-on, uh, you know, bash. So I'm going to bring up an 80s phrase. It's going to be on like Donkey Kong, okay? All right. Uh, all right, thank you, Mark. So, um, yeah. All right, so on your way out, after you send that text message... I want you to grab one of these cards. There's some on the back table. There's some at the first arch there. Just take one of those cards with you. It just simply says, just join us at the light. 
know, share the love with somebody. Share God's love with somebody. So uh, everybody get their text message sent? I know you're not going to raise your hand if you didn't. <laughs> All right, guys. Love you guys. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna sing a part of a song, right? All right, come on. We can stand up. We can sing. up together.
So in Matthew's gospel, Jesus is saying, let your light, let your light, okay? Remember the light acronym. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good deeds and then glorify your Father in heaven. So I want you, I just want to close in prayer. I want you to pray with me and you can just kind of repeat these words or say them silently in your heart. Say, Father in heaven, Lord, I want to be a generous person. I pray that you would make me that kind of person, that you would free me, Lord God, that I could generously give and live my life to bring honor and glory to your name. So as I go out, I pray that you would order my steps this week, that you would bring me in contact with people that I need to be a blessing to, that I can bring honor and glory to your name. I thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to serve you. In the name of your son, Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you guys.